You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the In the Dome podcast, podcast, podcast. All right. Well, we're recording currently. Well, um, January 6th, the United States is literally burning to the ground. (laughs) I don't think it's that bad, but it sure seems like it looks that bad. It looks that bad, but it's not that bad. It's kind of like hockey. It's never as bad as it looks, never as bad as it seems, uh, never as good as it looks, never as good as it seems. So uh, maybe we'll just roll with that. So there has there's really not a lot of news to cover. Um, we've done a lot of in-depth previews for the season as well as player previews. So we thought we might do some mailbag questions. Um, if you guys are listening and you had a chance, we didn't really put it give like there wasn't a lot of time to, to submit it in so you might have got it and you might not have but we'll, we'll answer some of you guys' questions um but first let's go through the news i thought this was pretty cool did you catch this the arizona coyotes announced that what well, they're going to do 25 percent seating capacity yeah i'm i'm wondering why like i was thinking about this today it's like hey are the flames or anybody anybody in the north division gonna announce this because like i mean the season starts in a week so but what is 25%? Is it capacity? That's still, is that even going to be different for the Arizona yeah, building? Well, like, I mean, it's usually I that mean, full anyway, isn't it? That was the easiest, like, setup of yeah. all time. And if you look in the Twitter comments, you know, yeah. everybody made a comment about it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, somebody's like, yeah, Florida and Arizona are going to lead the no problem in attendance <laughs> for the first time ever. They probably still won't. I bet you right. people still won't show up to the games. <laughs> oh, fuck. Arizona is going to be rough to watch this year. But I mean, good news for fans, right? Well, I hope. I, I hope, hope there's, I hope they don't. Like, I, I, I hope there's, there's some sort of fans. Yeah. I don't see why you couldn't do it. Um, obviously, you know, we've had about a year now of practice and social distancing. So I don't see how you can't go to a giant sports complex and, you know, spread out. So I know the, the clubs, they all need the revenue anyways. I don't know how the ticket sales will go. Are they going to jack up prices or what? Yeah. Will it be just season's ticket holders? Cause I mean, I know a few people who have season's tickets and they said they've already paid for their season's tickets. Right. So, I mean, you've got to think they would have first dibs. So. Yeah. I think I'll put a, I'll put a poll out on this, like just to see, I'm not, I'm not sure where people sit. I'm a big fan of, of getting fans back in the stadium. Um, like I said, I don't see how you can't pull it off. All these other leagues are doing it. So if they're doing it and there hasn't been any issues, then I don't see why the NHL can't do it either. Yeah, totally. Right. I mean, can anything, I mean, if you've been to the saddle dome, you've probably been exposed to the most disgusting 
awful bacteria anyways. Right. Dude. One time um, my bro and I were at a playoff games and we were pounding Caesars before the, before the, the warm up. And so anyways, we're on the third concourse up there and we're, we're go, we had to both had to piss. So we go into the washroom. He puts us, he puts one Caesar on either side of the urinal stall up top. Oh God. And I'm just sitting there, I'm pissing and I'm looking up and there's a, there's a, you know, the pipes are running through. <laughs> there's like a drip forming. <laughs> there's a drip forming on the pipe. And you know, it's like one of those instances where you're trying <sighs> to formulate words fast, but your yeah. brain can't. So I think all I was like, blah, 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 like trying to point. And the thing, the drip fell right into his Caesar, dude. Oh, yes. gross domes. And the, yes, uh, it was drunk. Oh, yeah, totally. Drank, of, how do you, I mean, beers are so expensive. How can oh, you, you not? pay like 30 bucks for a Caesar? You might as well the last it. time I ate food at the Saddle Dome, I was like 15 or 16. And I was at a game with my mom. They were playing the Sharks and they won like seven to four, but we got ice cream. This is literally the last time I had food there because like we had ice cream and we got food poisoning so bad. My mom puked all over the Saddle Dome concourse. Oh, I puked on the way home. It was awful. So never, I, I'm, bleh. don't, don't get food at the dome. I don't think it's very safe. I think the only time I've puked from the dome is just by consuming too many <laughs> heroin beers, too many dome beers, getting sloppy on the sea train on the way home. Anyways, right. I, you could probably like find a, like the, the floor of the saddle dome is like, if you've been in that building, your immune system has probably been exposed to some nasty shit. <laughs> yeah. You probably had COVID already. Yeah. Just didn't, just didn't know it. Like two years ago. That's like where it really started. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So we're, we're day three of training camp. Um, obviously, you know, we're day three. It's like, there's not a whole bunch of news, even though you know that as a coaching staff, like, like how many, how many days are we away now? Is it eight days, nine days? I think it's what's it? So the the Flames play on the fourteenth. So okay, so it's eight, eight, days. eight days. Yeah, so we're eight days away. It's already going by fast. Training camp's gonna fly by. It sounds like they're gonna start to have scrimmages now. Um, I'm curious at what point do they start to cut back and just roll the you know the permanent roster? When do they announce that? But um, obviously, some of the news interesting is line combos. So. Day one, um, there's a few interesting looking combos. I so they had they started off with was it Levo with with uh, Johnny and Monty or Simone with Johnny and Monty? Well, yeah, they had Levo with Lindholm playing center and Kachuk, and then they had in the other group Gaudreau with Monahan and Simone. Right. Okay. So and then obviously. They, as it looks like they're going Geo and Tana to start it out, and and Rasmus and Anderson to for the second unit. Yeah, and Shillington, I guess having some, he had some immigration delays. There's, I guarantee you, Michael Stone is just like calling in some favors at the at the immigration office. He's like, hold that shit up, hold that shit up, so I can get my contract. Right, it's probably Brad Tree living. Yeah, and then Val has been playing with Nestrov, so it sounds like. Sounds like Nestrov will probably be in the lineup opening night just because Shillington's delays. So. Yeah, he's supposed to be ready to go. Yeah, like, I I heard him soon. interviewed. He he sounds pretty stoked. I I'm willing to give this guy a chance. Are we talking about Nestrov? I was saying. Oh, Shilling. Nestrov. 
Okay. I heard that Shillington's like he's only a good 24 hours day away. So oh, okay. Shouldn't, shouldn't be long. So he, but. I had heard that maybe um, <clears throat> uh, he wouldn't even be here till till the game starts. So. Okay. So just had a quick glance because they changed. So to start camp, they had Goudreau, Monaghan, and Simone. And guys like Eric Francis, we had to listen again. Just how many – how – Great praise that you know Crosby had for for Simone and yada yada. This is Crosby. You play with Crosby. Did you guys know he played with Crosby? Did you guys know that Crosby had good things to say about him? I'm sure. He, I don't know if you heard it or not, but what a dumb fucking thing that is. Like, what do you think Crosby's gonna be like? Oh yeah, that guy sucks. I'm so glad he's gone. Like, <laughs> what? I don't get why that's a talking point that, oh, Crosby says this guy's really good. It must mean he's really good. It's like it's Sidney Crosby. He'll never say anything controversial. Right. It's and the if, thing I've he, heard. And if Crosby really thought he was that good, he wouldn't be off the team. All right. From so. what I've heard from Penn's fans is they were like, geez, he was like, he played with Crosby so much and could never score. And they were glad to see him go. So Crosby's probably relieved. So you're already calling it. Simone's going to be the new reader. <laughs> but as of today, they've switched that up. So now they got Levo with uh, with Johnny and Money. Well, I like I, I I like Simone. You know, like I I think he's got some upside. But just the fact that they've already like put him into the top six, right? <laughs> it's yep. like they've they've tried him with Lindholm. And again, these are just they're just fooling around with lines. But I mean, the fact that we're already seeing him in the top six is just like, come on. I, I can just I can foresee I can foresee Jeff going to that well um, probably more often than he should this season if we're already starting to see him experimenting with that. Yeah, but two of the notable constants are Johnny and Monty are still together. Yeah. Um, we'll get into maybe quickly one of the questions regarding if they should split up Johnny and Monty today. And then the other consistent thing so far is Lindholm still at center playing with Kachuk. Yeah. Now we haven't really we haven't done a pod since the since we've seen these lines rolling out of camp, what do you think of the Lindholm Chucky combo? Well, I mean, <clears throat> we have a fairly good sample size of the trio of Lindholm, Chuck and Manjapani last year being super great. Like <clears throat> was that line, not the best look the flames top line had all year was when better than rolled- backland, but I- not better, not better. Second half backland. Yeah, no, not, not second half backland. The only thing that, um, I'm a little trepidatious about it. It's like, well, where does Manjupani fit into all this? I know it's like, I, I, he needs to be in the top six, in my opinion. So, I mean, any combination of those guys, because I think that the constant on between what was good about the top six last year was Kachuk and Manjupani. So I think pairing those two guys together, or at least having Manjupani in the top six is important. Like, I mean, do Kachuk and Lindholm really work together well, specifically? I don't know. Maybe. Right. Like I haven't seen them work together without the without Manjupani being on their line, so I don't know how to flesh out like what they bring together to the table. I mean, I think Manjupani Chuck made that line go more so last year than Lindholm, so I don't yeah. know. And then I I don't know. I'm a little disappointed we haven't seen Gaudreau Monahan split up a little bit yet because I think I think I don't know. Well, like I don't know, man. Like- I would like to see that. Based on some of the player interviews, we'll also get to that because we have some Francis bashing to, to do yet again. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like because because Johnny was was asked something about playing with Monahan or not or playing with Lindholm or whatever it was, but he 
he pretty much went and said like he likes playing with Monaghan. It sounded like if it was he got his way, if it was his preference, he would stay with Monaghan. That's just what I was reading, just kind of you know what he had to say about the situation. I would not be surprised if you know there was a conversation with coaching staff and both those guys, and they were like, "What do you guys think of splitting you up? Here's what we're thinking, yada yada." And they were both like, "Well, maybe not even Sean. I'm sure Sean's just kind of a yes man, right?" But I wouldn't be surprised if Johnny, you know, voiced his preference to stick with money. Yeah. And I have no problem with that. I would just, I think I'd like to see it tried a little bit because they've been so reticent to do it. And again, like we've said a hundred times, if they're not going to address the top six externally, something needs to give in the top, um, in the top six internally. So, well, and here's I don't know, the- unless the, unless that line's just going to be, leaps and bounds better this season it's just they were so bad five on five last year pretty much the whole year that i don't know yeah it's like what else do you do here is going to be my measurement on ward for the training camp does he at least look i get it if you don't want to start the camp out with chucky and johnny on a line because that's kind of like throws the entire thing off kilter yeah which you know i could make an argument that that's a good thing but if we don't, if look, if there's a time to tinker with it, do it either in the middle of camp or in the later stages of camp and just do it for a day, right? Just so you can get them to take some reps together so they get some feel for each other. Yeah. And even just to, are you telling me Jeff's word's not curious to, to see what type of a combination Chucky and Johnny are together? I know. It's just so tantalizing. It's just like, fucking try it. So, if we don't see it in the camp, and I doubt we will, right? Based on what we do know about Jeff Ward, um, but if we don't see that man, then I don't think we'll ever see it. Well, under this coaching staff, anyways. Yeah, and maybe they'll wait. It's just so you can't. I and maybe they're they're just going like you said. Johnny Joe prefers to play with Sean Monahan. Maybe they're trying to just shorten season, no preseason. Got to hit the ground running. They're trying to go with as much familiarity as possible. Maybe that's the angle here, but. I mean, I sure would like at some point to know <laughs> what these guys can do apart from each other. And I mean, it, again, I don't even really care about the Monahan and Gaudreau thing. I just want Gaudreau and Chuck to play together. That's really it. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. And then, so you mentioned Mangiapani. He's been bumped down, which again, is, is kind of crazy, right? Because the whole thing's kind of crazy to split up that line. Sure. If you want to, if you want to upgrade potentially Backland with Lindholm, but keep, Mangiapane and Chucky like I think you're right those two guys drive that line in different ways and that's what makes them so deadly so the fact that Mangiapane is taking a back seat now to these newcomers which right earlier in the well it wasn't the summer but the off season whatever it was a month or so ago right I just kind of cautioned like you got to be kind of careful if you're Ward I guess Manjupani, he's a young guy anyways, but you already have these guys like Sam Bennett and whatnot, and you're just going to throw in these newcomers. I guess they got to see what they look like, but if these new guys, especially Simone, which is kind of like, I, I get maybe Lebo probably deserves a play in the top six, but if Simone's going to you know, take one of these other guys to spot, he better be fucking lights out. Well, I just like, and I'm, I'm hoping this Manjupani thing is like, okay, eventually he's going to be with, because Manjupani was playing in group one, 
with Backlund and Derek Ryan today, and actually kind of don't mind the the Backlund Ryan combination. But I mean, for pretty Which much started and, out as Backlund and Bennett. Yeah, ba- nice. Bennett with Majapani and and Backlund. Yeah. So maybe they're trying this like spread the wealth through three lines. But come on, like Andrew Penny was the best. He was better than Matthew Kachuk five on five last year. He was the, if you look at points per 60, if you look yep. at all his underlying numbers, he yep. was your best five on five offensive skater last year by a, by a pretty, not a wide margin, but a, but a margin. So yep. I just, I just think if we're like, I, I don't like all this talk about, oh, Andrew Penny's going to thir- be on the third line. If, if there's one guy who needs to play more this year and see more ice time and see more, power play time specifically it's andrew mangiapani like the dude was your best forward five on five last year get him more ice time and he need, he needs to be playing in the top six and i mean he like again like i said everyone's oh lindholm 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 mangiapani and kachuk drove the two best lines this season were the mangiapani uh lindholm kachuk line and the mangiapani backland kachuk line i don't think that's a coincidence right yeah exactly and i don't know if you've seen anything to this nature but is that a good strategy to roll out three even lines i don't like, know like yeah i don't know like it really it probably really comes down to your analytics right if you have guys that you know are driving play they should be getting the lion's share of the ice time because together they're going to drive the most amount of play for you um here's here's an, i we'll get to francis shortly but there's one thing that he did say before camp started that he's predicting that um, Johnny and Monty will, will be getting third line minutes this season. So if that's right, if, which I don't know, man, it, it's come kinda, up with this shit. Well, not only is it kind of a hot take, but if you're, if that's where you, if that's the direction you're going, where your two, two best offensive players are going to be have a significant reduction in ice time. I mean, who's going to score for this team? Nobody. That's the stupidest shit I've ever heard in my life. But I mean, right. like, okay, if, if he's saying it like they're going to be, because I kind of am intrigued by, I know Kent Wilson and maybe some other people have floated this idea out. It's like if Monaghan centered your quote unquote third line and you were able to give him some easier minutes. He, he wasn't talking about Goudreau, but just specifically Monahan. Like if you shelter him, if you did like if you had like a third line of like maybe you did Monahan between Dubé and Bennett or something, and it's like give them a lot of offensive zone starts, shelter their minutes, and kind of just let them go to town offensively, and kind of use them as maybe like it's a little different, but like the, the old HBK line where Kessel was playing on the on the third line of the Penguins with Benino and Hagelin. It's like, okay, I can kind of understand that. But come on, Johnny Gaudreau, are you fucking kidding me? Dude is like, I, I was doing some stuff on Gaudreau the other day. Like, since he entered the league, he is the 10th highest scoring player in the NHL. He's tied with Evgeny Malkin over the past, since 2014 in total points. Get out of here. He's not playing on the third line. Ridiculous. Like, Eric, Fran- okay, let's get into it. Eric Francis really hates Johnny Gaudreau, doesn't he? You know what? I Eric Francis, I think, just enjoys. I mean, uh, he, he. <laughs> Eric Francis is like the kid in grade school who like farts, enjoys the Picks smell his of his own fart, and then says, "Who farted?" He eats his own boogers. He's eating his own, he boogers. his own boogers. He's like the he's and like that he, gross kid. He, who's, and then he and then when people are looking at him, he'll wipe it on somebody else and then laugh. Right. 
he's just that guy that takes pleasure in people hating him. Exactly. And takes pleasure in being gross. Like, like he gets off on it. Oh, totally. It's like, a sick, it's a sick maniacal uh, pleasure. He like, he, he goes home and pleasures himself at night Eric based on <laughs> these weird, twisted, disgusting things that people look at him, right? Well, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, it's even more than that. Like this, he thinks he's like a hard hitting journalist. Like, I bet you when he's reading his articles, he just gets the biggest erection just thinking like, oh yeah, I'm so, I'm such a journalist. It's like that's what's so funny oh, is yeah. he thinks he's like a, a investigative journalist who asks the hard questions that nobody else will ask, even though in reality he's a coward. Oh yeah, like all he did. All right, and then I don't know if I don't know if you can get this clip or not and put it in, but so you sent me the Johnny Gaudreau one, and I watched that first, and then the next day he goes after David Riddick. And I mean, Johnny Gaudreau is one thing. We know that you're trying to drive this guy to town just so that you could be right for something for once in your career. Like it, at this point, is there any other reason why Eric Francis? That's it. Goes man. after Johnny Gaudreau. Well, it's and that's he's got this like the he's longer got this... the Johnny Gaudreau is a Calgary Flame. Yeah, the stupider he looks, and he knows it. So now he's 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 actively doing his part to drive this guy out of town. Is he not? Oh, totally. He's got like this circular thing where it's like he creates this false narrative and then pretends that it's a real narrative and then like it has to keep perpetuating it to make himself not look like a fucking idiot, which he is. Exactly. Like he started he started all this dumb Gaudreau shit. Like I remember when Gaudreau was like first um, like when he was at Boston College and he hadn't signed yet. There was like this kind of freak out. Oh, he's not going to sign with the Flames. He signs with the Flames. And then, like, literally ever since Gaudreau, like, since his rookie season, all we've heard from this guy is he's American. He's from America. He's from the East. He wants to go home. He hates Calgary. Like, he started all that shit. And then he acts like it's, like, some sort of mainstream, like, credible information when it's, like, it came from, he's, like, one of those, like, old guys back in, like, the biblical times who was, like, he's like the government would, like, send him into, like, makeup shit, you know? <laughs> it's, like, it's so fucking dumb. So if you are wondering what we're talking about, I'll put it in, put it in. John, I understand you, uh, welcome back. I understand you got uh, engaged in the off season. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, special time, obviously. Um, someone special to me and uh, it was, uh, turned out to be a good 2020 for us. Uh, second question, just, you know, a lot of people, when they talk about uh, your season last year, they talk about how you need to have a bounce back season is, do you see, do you think that's an uh, appropriate way of describing it or, or were you satisfied with your season last year? Well, I'm just going to play my game. Like I do every year, um, you know, work hard, uh, try to help my team win games and uh, go from there. Do you, but regardless, you start out with a personal question and then you just, it's kind of like, you know, prepping the, like you're going to stick the needle in. Right? Exactly. It's so obvious. It's like, oh, I don't didn't see what you're doing there at all, Eric. And then he asks him just straight up, you know, and I like how he says there's a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying, right? Like he makes it out like he's not yeah. the only one who's talking about this. There's a lot of people who say that, you know, you and your line are gonna have to have a bounce back season. Do you look at it that way 
or are you, or are you just happy? And the way he says, or are you just happy with your performance? It's like the way he, the way, just the language. Right? Well, it's baiting. Exactly. That's what it is. He's trying to set the bait. Are you happy with your performance? And then if Gaudreau says yes, the article will be as, like he did this in the summer too, like after the playoffs. Like he asked Gaudreau, like, how do you think your line played in the playoffs? And then Gaudreau was like, yeah, I thought we were okay. And then the next day there's, oh, I can't believe he said that. That's so pathetic. Oh, why don't you own it? It's like he knows exactly what he's doing. It's so fucking see-through. And like at what point do the players like I'm sure Johnny like like Johnny Gaudreau kudos on the on the response. Yeah, like exactly. what do you get? Three to four seconds. Yeah. And it's just like next. He should just straight up be like, next question. Right. Like I, like, I how, and and like does this guy not go away? Does he not die? Like die off? Not die like, like legit, but like, does he not die off? Like, no, how like, is Eric Francis? Eric Francis is the 0.01% bacteria that Lysol does not fucking kill. No shit. And, and why is he getting the first question? Like with all these players, it's like, he's the top media guy that everybody fucking hates. That Dude, you know sure why? Can you imagine hate. the media lineup? He's like, again, like that kid, he's that stupid, obnoxious kid who's pushing people out of the way first in line for ice cream me first guys uh so johnny got engaged Uh, like what a tool all right you know what that one didn't bother me near as much as the riddick one yeah no yeah the riddick one was just like pure gaslighting and it's just like look johnny's been in this league how long he's been dealing with ups and downs like he's he's a superstar whatever he can he can pull his own he's fine but you got David Riddick, man. He's like the nicest guy of all time. 100%. His, like, look at his brother is like, what is it, autism? Like, did you see that video of him bringing his brother in to meet Harvey as, like, hero? It's like, it's like the most heartwarming thing of all time. How do you not cry when you see that? Like, literally, David Riddick is, like, the, He's nicest, the nicest guy. And one had. of the best media guys, too. Has at, Always is super, you know, yes. like very easy to interview, very easy to talk to. Won't give, will, will give you straight up answers. And then he just comes out of the gates and tries to tear him to shreds. What was your reaction when you heard the Calgary Flames sign Jacob Markstrom in the summer? I mean, uh, great opportunity for both of us uh, to uh, push each other to get better. And... Uh, the biggest thing which team can say uh, the team has two two all-star goalies uh, in the team. There was no frustration at first thinking, you know, oh my God, this guy's going to be the starter for the next six years. I don't know what this means for my future in Calgary. Why should, why, why should I get uh, frustrated? I mean, uh, it's hockey is hard sport and uh, you got two spots for goalies and uh, you have to, you have to, push yourself to to get uh, good and uh, to get your spot so you have to fight for your spot and uh, it's the same as here uh, I think we both gonna fight to to get to get net and uh, to get the most games what we can. I think he thought he he kind of got out he didn't kind of he totally got outclassed by Dave Riddick I was I was like fuck yeah Dave Dude, because- Eric Francis gets outclassed by <laughs> what gum on a shoe Who's Gum that? stuck. Eric Francis gets outclassed by you know that you know like when you elementary school and there's like you find gum on the bottom of your desk it's been there for like twenty years. <laughs> Eric Francis gets outclassed by, and they got to bring in a fucking custodian to like chisel that shit off with some sort of weird fucking device that screwdriver he finds and like the, you know pail in the storage closet. 
Vera Francis is getting out of class by fucking 30 year old chewing gum on the bottom of a desk. So David Riddick responds to his baiting question with it's like, it's great. We're going to push each other. And now we have two all-star goalies on the team. And then, and then if that, you know, if that's not a cue of like, okay, can you just ask him like something that's not fucking going to depress the hell out of me, please? Well, and it's not even that it's, it's not even that again, because this is the thing. He thinks he's asking hard questions when these are tabloid, dumb, stupid, ridiculous questions just meant to incite a response from, from players. Well, then he doubles down and says, come on, you're telling me you didn't, basically you're saying, you're telling me you didn't have any response when, you know, you heard that Jacob Markstrom is going to be the top goaltender for the next six years. And Dave, Dave was class act. He said, why would I be frustrated? But what pains me, dude, is the disrespect. It's, it's, uh, and it's not even like, I'm not coming from a place where you got to put these guys on a pedestal because they're players. Like, sure. We all do that. We all love them. They're all our heroes, but David Riddick, like the guy, most happy go lucky player you'll ever meet. And he comes in and like, you know, at the beginning of the interview, he's all happy looking and whatever. And then Francis drops that bomb. It just like sucks the life out of him. Like it's demoralizing dude. And he's intentionally trying to demoralize players on the eve of the season about to start, I just don't, I don't understand what his, well, I guess you, you, you nailed it, right? You understand why he's doing it because he's a piece of shit. <laughs> well, again, but, like but it's, my question is why doesn't he ever, you know, channel that and ask the head coach when he's making these stupid decisions that the fan base wants to, you know, hear an answer about, right? Like, or even Brad Tree Living, like doing some questionable stuff, is <laughs> like the opposite. Well, it's because again, like I said, like these are false. He's creating this false thing where he thinks he's at. He pretends he's asking tough questions. Like that's not a tough question. That's a dick. That's a dick question. Like that's a dick move. It's like Simmons in Toronto, right? And the other thing too that bugs me is like he thinks he's asking the tough questions, but he never really asks them. Like. Like Johnny Gaudreau sitting there not knowing, like he pretends like as if Johnny Gaudreau doesn't know that Eric Francis has written 48 pieces over the summer about how he thinks Gaudreau sucks and how he thinks the Flames can never win with Gaudreau. Like Johnny Gaudreau knows that. And then Eric asks him, oh, I heard you got engaged. Oh, and then kind of skirts around like what he has written all summer. Like he just kind of asks him in this passive aggressive way. So that's what bugs me more than anything is like, he he's pretend he's he's like hiding under this guise of like I am a tough reporter when he's when he's cowardly he won't say it to their faces, right? Yeah. Well, and then do you he, think he's saying this shit to Lucic or Kachuk? Why is he singling out guys like Riddick? Lucic would tell him to go get fucked. <laughs> but Dave is such a nice guy, Ronaldo. He, yeah, like why doesn't he go crush Zach Ronaldo? Because he are, are probably, we in shape yet? Yeah, exactly. Like anybody who is not is not like super nice and reserved would tell this guy to get fucked. So he just gets away with it because he's a little rat. He's a little rat. Like would he, he ever criti- would he ever criticize Brad Tree Living ever? No. Come and on. Ri- and risk his like not that he's an insider or whatever, but risk his like access in 
Like, no way would he ever – like, I don't think I've ever seen him criticize Bradtree Living once or ask Bradtree Living a hard question. So it's no, just spineless because, reporting. Because those kids are also simultaneously the teacher's pets, are they not? <laughs> exactly right. All right. Anyways, Johnny, line, Johnny sucks, Brad. Yeah, he's, he's the guy that uh, – Teacher – well, you forgot to give Johnny Gaudreau homework over the summer. Mm. <laughs> Fucking tool. I just get right. so sick of it. Bottom line, he, most people, right, if they want to pleasure themselves, they might throw some porn on or something. <laughs> this guy reads his own articles, and that's how he gets the job done. Yeah. And you know he's pleasuring himself because I don't, I don't understand who or what. He's always so red. I don't understand. Like, that's the other thing that drives me insane. Like, you see all these, especially right now with like all these layoffs and with like sports companies and stuff. Like, there's so many good journalists and so many talented people Dude, out there who would die for this job. And then it's like he's the guy who gets to ask the first question in Calgary Flames media availability all the time. Like, there's somebody who isn't more competent as a journalist than Eric Francis out there. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Dude. Ugh. All right. So, anyways, a couple of you asked us, Lindsay. Hey, girl, how you do, babe? You guys asked us how to. What, what our thoughts on Francis were? You wanted you wanted us to lay into him, so there you go. I mean, we could spend hours laying into this guy, but God, it just bugs me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm. We I'm, have I'm, to. We have to start. And if maybe if you're listening and yeah, you've we will. Done I this, think. Let us know. We gotta. We gotta go back in time and just accumulate all the bad takes that he's ever made and just. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say because I've kind of been watching some games from last year just on Game Center and they have all the intermissions shit. He's always on there saying stupid, ridiculous stuff. The other night I was going to clip it and put it to the Curb Your Enthusiasm music. He was talking about how the Flames were going to sign Travis Hamanick to a huge extension because he's such a big part of the team and such a big part of the blue line. And don't be surprised if we see Hamanick signing a, a fairly lengthy extension with the with the Calgary Flames. Yeah. Good Meanwhile, morning. he's he's on a PTO. <laughs> In Vancouver. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. All right. Let's get to some questions. Well, let's just wrap up on the on the – the lines in training camp. Um, I don't know. I, I still think that they need to do some more tinkering, to be honest. I, I think you're right. I don't think much. I guess it depends how they're going to roll out. How do you split up, you know, the minutes properly between three? What is it going to be? If last year they tried to say it was, you know, two second lines, there wasn't really a top line. So what's it going to be now? There's, there's not just three third lines, three second lines. Like, what is it going to be if, if that's what they're going to do? But like we said, they had Monge start with Backlund, Bennett. Now it's Monge, Backlund, Ryan. Well, with I, Lucic, Bennett, yeah. and Dubé, which again, that's like the third line. So, like, I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I don't, I'll just say, like, I actually don't mind the idea of maybe going like having those three lines like that if you're giving lines two and three. Kind of equalized time. I'm just worried that Mangiapane is not going to get enough ice. But I mean, if you're put, I don't like the idea of Bennett playing with Backlund and Mangiapane because that kind of yeah. they kind of neuters what Mangiapane and Backlund do so well, which is drive play and play well in their own zone. Which is just like that's not Bennett's game at all. 
So, I mean, that's the one I was like, eh, I don't like that. Cause I, kinda, I, I don't mind the Chuck Lindholm Levo thing. I'm not crazy about Simone playing with Johnny Drew and Sean Monahan. That seems like more of what we've seen in the past where it's like a guy like chase on plays there. Oh, and then you put furl in there. It's just like a rotating door. It's like, just make your top line elite for once. Yep. You know, like I, I don't see how you can with the lineup that they have. I don't see how they can actually truly move forward without splitting up Johnny and Monty, not because they need to be split up, but you need to create a better lineup. And that's kind of the only way you can really do it. Yeah. And again, like it all comes back to strategy. It's like, well, do you like, if you're rolling these three lines out in a strategic way, but it's just like the top six is already thin taking like if, if Backlund and Mangiapani are out of your top six, because you're trying to like make your top nine better. I think you just kind of like, what's the phrase? Like cut your cutting off your nose to spite your face or I don't know what the phrase is. I don't know my phrase. I think that is it, but man, I still don't understand it, but yeah, yeah. it like, does. it's just, it's just like you're, you're cutting, you're cutting off one thing to make another thing effective. It's just, it doesn't, I don't know. I don't think it's going to work. It's just like, again, they're maybe overcomplicating this. Just like solidify your top six and go from there. Yeah. So Pedro was asking the question, Pedro and Calgary thoughts on breaking up Monty Johnny. Here's the lines that he proposed. Johnny with Lindholm and Monge on the top line. I don't mind that. Chucky back on Levo. Yeah. I don't mind that either. Bennett Monahan Dubé. Yeah. I like that. Lucci, Dry, and Simone. Yeah, yeah, th- those are those are totally fine with me. Like again, if there's the th- the thing that's becoming difficult is what do you do with Sean Monahan, right? Yeah. So it's like really? that's wh- that's why I brought up the the idea that I that Pedro's kind of floating here is like, and I know Ken Wilson has been a proponent of of utilizing Monahan in a lesser, yeah, pure offensive role. Because it's, it's so hard. Like, what do you do with him? Instead of trying to force him to be the next Mark or the Patrice Bergeron, yeah, like why not go all in on his strengths? Yeah, Just always start in the offensive zone, get him guys who can set him up. And I think it was Kent Wilson, wasn't it, that was uh, making an argument that Bennett would be good to retrieve pucks for those guys. Yeah, like he had Monet, like uh, like Pedro said, um, he had Monahan with Dubé and Bennett because those guys are both really good four checkers. Um, Dubé's yeah. Dubé's pretty good at moving the puck in the zone as well. So yeah, that could work. I don't know. It's just kind of tough where to put Sean Monahan because I mean, if you split him and Gaudreau up, do you really trust him playing with two? Like that, that's the thing. Like Gaudreau kind of gets lumped into this, this like, Oh, he's bad defensively when he is actually quite okay on his own. It's Monahan who's like weighing that line down in the D zone so much. So I don't know. It just becomes a problem. I have yeah. no problem with those lines. Well, the thing, the thing is, and I think Kent might even said this too, with Johnny and Monty, right? It's either you either get it all or you get nothing because their liability defensively, if they're not scoring goals, then their liability becomes a big problem on it, like on a nightly basis. Right. So and that's why they have to be scoring consistently at a pace, maybe not exactly the same as uh, 2018, 19, but they still have to be scoring at a good clip in order to offset their, their, off, their defensive struggles again, which is why like we're going to play them in the D zone so much is fucking ridiculous. Yes. And yo, I would love to see Manji Penny. If there's one guy other than Kachuk, I'd like to see you play with Goudreau. It's it's Manji Penny. I think that'd be sweet. Cause he's a sniper and he can four check. 
He can fly yeah. through the neutral zone. I, just, I think Manjipani is a similar player to Gaudreau. I don't think he's got his, I don't think he passes the puck nearly at the same level, but I mean, in terms of how he plays through the neutral zone and I think he's a better shooter. I think those two guys could work well together if need be. I'm almost at a place where I just kind of feel like you got to split those two up if you want to maximize your, your lineup. Yeah, I agree. Although we did have, but you know, we didn't throw this aspect or wrinkle into it for Versteeg. Versteeg still thinks that Sean Monahan is the number one center. Um, but he doesn't like how he was utilized. Yeah. And and that's kind of the argument we're making. But at the same time, right, if Monaghan does slot down, you can probably make your lineup even better. Totally. I just like, again, like it's it's all about what you're asking them to do because, I mean, they tried, what did they try Monaghan with Dubé and Manjupani for like all of one game last year? We didn't really get to see much of that. So I don't know. It's all, it's all, it's, it's mostly going to come down to how these guys are utilized and playing to their strengths. So. Yeah. All right. So we'll keep an eye on line combos like th- throughout the um, training camp. I honestly, at this point, I just, I think I know we're well enough. We're not yeah. going to see much change. Same. Um, Johnny money will start opening night together, which I actually don't really have a problem with as long as he can figure out the utilization. I don't have a problem with it if it works. And like you said, if they figure out the utilization, because again, we've seen that line be insanely dominant when they were allowed to just go nuts in 2018, 2019. But then we've seen how fucking God awful they were when they were playing under that, whatever that was last year. So. Which kind of leads me to the next question. Clayton uh, D'Agostini wants to know, do we lose our first game again? (laughs) And what do you think he, he wants me to do a poll, which I will do. I think this is a good question. Are we going to be above or below 500 in the first 10 games of the season? Notorious slow starters. Why is that? Is that just one of those things? Like- well, it's got to come down to preparation, right? Um, and I think the onus is on both the players and the coaching. So, if but ultimately has to come down to the coach if the coach recognizes the players aren't on early enough he's got to do something to get them on ideally the players are just on but i think you know it's 75 percent coaching 25 percent players i'll say we win that first game against against the jets and you know what i'll say markstrom makes the difference in the first 10 games we go above 500 yeah yeah i like your um yeah i like that take Let's see. I, I think we'll probably lose the first game like we always do. <laughs> and, if it was against Edmonton or Toronto, I'd say yes, but we can handle the Jets. And I'll say we're just exactly 500 All right. after, after 10 games. It's fine with me. I've just been burnt way too many times. I'm getting sick of it. Um, that's where the pessimism is coming from. Like I, I don't wanna I don't wanna be optimistic anymore about our starts. Like I'm done with it. Well, yeah, it's like then you win either way. Either I'm right or I'm happy. Okay. I don't want to be right. (laughs) But at least if I'm, at least if I'm unhappy, I'm right. Okay. I've never been happy. So I may as well be right. Right. Yeah. Um, Okay. I think I got one more question here is what do you think you, you, uh, you so Valimaki will accomplish this year? This is Eric for Dickinson. Yeah. We've got a similar one. Hold on. It's just Dixon, not Eric for Dickinson, just Dixon. Dixon. Yeah, similar one from Graydon or on Instagram. Um, 
could Valimaki win the Calder? I like, I, I really do think he could, should, and will be an impact player this year. Right. So like, who are going to be, who's going to be in the Calder running? If you're looking at it's, it's, it's Lassie for sure. Yeah. But even still, like, is he going to have as big of a splash? Like how old is he going to be? Well, he's 21, right? He's 21. Mm-hmm. He's coming right out of uh, his, his draft. Oh, oh, I thought you meant Valimaki. I'm sorry. Valimaki's 22. Um, Laffy, is he turn, has he turned 19 yet? I'm going to look See, it up right he, now. Although he's going to get all the opportunity right away on that New York Rangers team. Oh, yeah. So by the second half of the season, he might just turn it on. But here's the thing. The shorter season might suit a guy like Valimaki, who's already going to be – he's already been playing all this hockey in Finland. He's wearing, well, the gold, he's wearing the gold helmet. Exactly. He's been playing. He's played a decent amount of games in the NHL before. He's played in playoff games. Like, do you so, remember when he came into game five and was awesome? Yes, he looked amazing. He was kind of like McCarr for the for the avalanche. But totally. I feel like that, to me, like if it was a full season, maybe Laffy has enough time to get his feet under him and like catch up to, you know, a pace that Valimaki might set early on. Yeah. Uh, who else is in the color? Well, I mean, there's probably Stutzel's going to play for Ottawa. Like, there's some bigger names. The goalie in New York, um, I guess he's a rookie. He'll be 25, but um, Shesterkin. Who else? Uh, the Minnesota Wild guy, Kaprizov, he might be there. Um, I don't know if By- Byfield might play, probably. I don't know. Maybe Zagers will play. <laughs> Ball's on that kid, eh? Um, oh, Zagers? Yeah. Fuck, he was good. Oh, he's so good. Bowen Byram maybe will play. Bowen Byram's good too. Um, but I mean, like, I I don't think there's any reason why Yusuf Alamaki won't be in the Calder Trophy. And they interviewing him the other day, and I loved what he said. He was like, I belong in this league, and I'll be a difference maker this year. I love it. Yeah, so, like, I mean, I think it's not even, you know, that far of a – projection to say he'll be in top three in Calder Trophy and even race. if he's not in the Calder discussion like I do think he will still be an impact defenseman on this team because he was eighth our eighth overall Valimaki yeah no I think he was like 17th ish back in 2017 it was like 17 or 18 I think 19 if it's not eight I want to see I want to say 16 I feel like it's we're, we're gonna find this out right now I feel like it's it's definitely late teens Mackey drafts 17th overall. He was 16th overall. You're right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, he's due. He's due. And dude, he's got the golden helmet. Okay. So dude. Yeah. So if he, you've been watching him play over in Sweden, like I've posted a few things I've, we've been watching highlights. Dude looks phenomenal. Yeah. Sorry. I love question is um, from PJ Walsh. I would like to know if the, Flames will continue to have the same power play where the where the pocket drops back to Johnny. He gains the blue line like every single season he's been here. Hashtag everyone gets it. What are your thoughts on like let's touch on the power play real quick? Yeah. And what are your thoughts on the back pass? Because I mean we've kind of gone back and forth on it last season. My argument is if it hey, if it works, it works. I don't care. Whatever gets you in the zone. Um the thing the nice thing about the back pass. We've seen the double back too, right? Yeah. I like the double back. <laughs> I, I'm just waiting for the triple back. Triple back's coming, baby. Triple back is coming. But um, the thing I like a lot about it is 
the amount of speed you can enter the zone in. Yeah. It's it's way harder to defend that type of speed. Right. Look at Connor McDavid, right? Yeah. But um the thing is if it's predictable and it's and it's actually not that difficult to make it unpredictable because you don't have to go to Johnny every single time. And if you see the guys cheating, which they do do this, yeah. but the thing is like, and geo does an okay job at it. I think, well, I, I honestly, cause we, we haven't talked about this either with training camp. Uh, Rastus Anderson is, has been playing on the top PP unit, right? Yeah. And did that change today? Um, I didn't see any change today. So I think it was the same. I feel like Rasmus, Rasmus Anderson, with a bit of practice, he can probably give you a little bit more deception coming back and a little bit more confidence to take that puck or dish it elsewhere if he notices guys cheating. Um, he might be able to distribute that pretty well. I think, honestly, though, like Yusuf Elamaki will eventually be the guy. Yeah, I've been a little, just before I just talk about the Gaudreau stuff, I, I would like to see Noah Hannafin possibly get a look because I think that's where his skills would be the most useful. In all the places they play I him, would, like yeah, put him I, on the power I, I play. Would, I wouldn't trust him uh, dropping back with... Oh, <laughs> he just... <laughs> he'd, he'd, he'd wait till, there, yeah. yeah. He'd wait till Johnny was, you know, going the other way and then drop pass, break away from yeah. their team. So just on the bump back, like the drop pass, like... The reason it works that it's so effective is that you pretty much like you can gain the zone, especially with like a, a team that has one of the best zone entry wizards in the game in Johnny Gaudreau. Yeah. It's it's almost indefensible. And like one if if it's a successful zone entry, you have the control complete control of the puck. Like, really, what's the defenseman supposed to do if you're doing that? Like you can either concede the blue line and back up and let them gain control that way, or you hold up at the blue line and Johnny can drop it to Lindholm who's coming with a bunch of speed and you're flat footed and he can be you wide. So like, that's why the drop pass works so well on the power play. And I mean, it gives you so many different options. Once you gain the zone too, like most people are looking for, if like, it's just so hard to defend against. That's why it works so well. And I think it's even been like studied. Like one of the guys who does analytics for the uh, Colorado avalanche now, before he was hired, he did like a whole study and studied the effect of the draw pass and discovered it like led to way more zone time. So, I mean, I, it's, I, I am a big fan of the bump back just because like you said, it creates so much speed to the neutral zone. It gets teams to lean to one side. So it opens so much more up. So I, I, I think if it continues to work and maybe we'll see the triple, we'll see the triple pass. Um, I'm, I'm sure there will be some new strategies coming soon because if the NHL is anything, it's a copycat league. And like, lit, is there any team that doesn't do the drop back on the power play anymore? Well, I'm sure there's a few, like, like I, I haven't seen very many and I've seen some penalty kills to start to adjust to it. But I mean, that's why you'll continue to see it, especially with a guy like Gaudreau, who even five on five is so good at entering, entering the zone, like on the power play, it's like, that's he's so good at it. So, um, but as yes. for the unit, like I like the idea of Rastin's back there, but I, I'm kind of curious because like he, I was looking at some pulling the goalie stats the other day and he is like the most frequent extra attacker for the flames. Oh, really? Yeah. Not, not a forward though. Not a forward. It's usually Rasmus who's like, cause they'll, they'll, they'll usually throw out the usual like four forward group when the goalie's pulled and then geo and then Rasmus is the guy. And I was just, what well, he's so good at holding the line yeah, on the blue line. So maybe that, maybe that's factoring into why they're starting to play him on power play one. 
because just when I'm looking at just the numbers, like Hannafin does look like he is more dangerous on the power play in terms of creating goals, but maybe there's more to it. Maybe they've got some different metrics they're looking at. Maybe it's because he's more solid on the blue line than Hannafin. I'm not sure, but hey. Yeah, with Hannafin, like when you, if Hannafin's your last line of defense, like I'm, <laughs> I'm already nervous because the guy just yeah is not smart enough to. I mean, we've seen it enough times. Oh, I'm going to pinch Sean Connor McDavid, even though oh, I don't have no, a gap on him. And there's no one behind me. Oops. Breakaway. So I, I like, and again, like I still think, I still think Gio is an effective power play guy, but he just probably shoots into the shin pads a little too much. Yeah. So. Did that answer the question? Yeah, I think so. I think so. All right. What do you got on Insta? Yeah, we got a couple good ones. We got that one about Belichick. Eh? We got one from you that I better not read on the air. Um, <laughs> might be a little inappropriate. Oh, it's definitely inappropriate. You should probably read it. Yeah, I probably shouldn't. There's a few good um, just comments that say "fuck Eric Francis." Okay, well, we spent a good you know a good chunk so on Eric Francis. That. Hopefully, um, we satiated everybody with that. Is a Pierre Luc Dubois trade something the Flames should look into? Because apparently there's trouble brewing in Columbus. Well, I mean, if your hands weren't tied, right? And we know Brad likes to, you know, have his hands tied right up to the cap pretty much at the start of every season. Um, Pretty much always. (laughs) So I don't think there's anything he can do unless he wanted to move Monaghan. But, like, is this organization really looking at moving Monaghan yet? I, I I, I don't think so. I don't think they are. I'm not saying that they should be. I don't think they should be, honestly. And I could, I'd be totally in, into it, right? If if that was the case, but I don't think that's where they're at. Like I, like yeah, it's like, what are you going to give up? What do the Flames have? That's the thing, right? Like everyone's always, oh, we should trade to get this. It's like we literally have no trade chips. You're going to go out and acquire a number one, number two center with without like what are you going to give them Hannafin like why would the Blue Jackets ever do that even if you did do like hey Monahan plus like is PLD gonna like let's say you did Monahan and like your top prospect like I don't think that's really makes sense for the Flames and I still don't think the, the Blue Jackets would do that so I'd like yeah. PLD the player I don't think a trade makes much sense listen and here's like well I'll always come back to this with regards to Monahan is like the hardest thing to do in the NHL the hardest thing they do in hockey is to score goals. This guy scores 30 goals a season. He's, he's been our most prolific goal scorer yeah. since you know who. Like, Well, dude, he still leads that draft class, which Nathan McKinnon, he, st- I, he still leads that draft class in, in total goals. And I think this is just one of those things that you ha- like happens in sports is fans – uh, measure you to the highest degree of success possible. Yeah. And it's like, if he's not exceptional in every area of hockey, then he's not valuable. And it's just not true. Totally. Like the amount of value that Sean Monahan brings to this club, you could go out, like, unless you're trading for line A, like how you, like who's going to score more goals than Sean Monahan, right? Right. And it's not like, listen, he's bad in his own end. And part of that last year, especially was due to coaching, but we saw it the year previous. It doesn't matter because most nights they're going to score more goals than they allow unless their coach is trying to force them into being players. They're not, which is what's currently happening. So we don't know what's going to happen this season, mm-hmm. but 
Um, for those reasons, I think like I don't look would I like Pierre Luke Dubois? Of course I would, man. Like, yeah, he's all he's not only is he a gamer, he's an excellent player, but just for the reason, like I just don't see how um tree living could make that happen. Like I I don't know, I'd say no. Sam Bennett, V V Antoni asked this. Does he finally have a good regular season? This one just came in. You already all know the answer. It's no. I we we all want the answer to be yes, right? That's why we ask it every single year. The answer is no. <laughs> I agree, man. Like this is he's, I listen, I want it more than you do. I want yeah, it more than, than anybody. Yeah. I fucking love the guy. But that's why, you know, I gotta be realistic. No. I, I don't see it happening. And again, like at this point, we have to just know what Sam Bennett is. He's a, a bottom six player who can provide some physicality and chip in some goals and help you in a playoff run probably, right? Like well, I, I, I don't think he's ever going to be anywhere near what he was projected to be when he entered the league. And the thing is, is well, we should get to that in a sec, but the, the thing is, is like where Jeff Ward is, he better stop dicking around really yeah. quick, right? Because if he tries to force these players into into players they're not, because all you're doing like is you're trying to spread the the butter too thin over the over the toast. Um, you got to go all in on their strengths. Totally. Because what we saw in 2018-19 is their strengths far outweighed their weaknesses. That's the game plan for these guys. Um, now the same thing with Sam Ben. I thought it was interesting when we had Christopher Stieg on. Because Christopher Stieg, we asked him, like, what, was, what the hell are you supposed to do with this guy? Like, what? And Chris said, it's kind of like the same similar situation. It's like, if the coach understands who Sam Bennett is, then he knows how to utilize him. And he says the best way to utilize him is the same type of utilization, probably not the exact same as Derek Ryan, but Derek Ryan's your Swiss Army, Army knife, right? He plays up and down the lineup. If there's an injury goes down, he can plug any hole temporarily and do a, a seamless job at it. I think Sam Bennett, um, this is what Chris, Chris Rastique saying. And if he's right, I think he can do the same thing, but he can probably give you way more potential upside than um, Derek Ryan can. If you, if he times his confidence at the right moments. So totally. I don't think, cause his biggest point was he's not a player you build a line around. And I think that's what we're all trying to hope yeah. that and we're all trying to force that. And so if, if you take a step back and you realize, okay, he is what he is, then what value, how do we, where do we put him in a position to bring value um, the most amount of value to the regular season? And I think that might be it. Totally. Totally agree. Um, off the top of your head, who is one top six player you would like to target? That's from Parker price. Dude, I, I will live and die with this Brady Chuck. Love it. I like if, Listen, if Brian Burke can get Henrik and Daniel on the same team in a draft and keep them, well, he didn't, he left before they did, but if they can play for one team their entire lives and never be separated from one type, one thing they ever do together, they're probably together right now. <laughs> like, are they not? Like whatever they're doing in, in Sweden, they're right? All work, they're all working out. They're all running like a two minute mile right now. Like, not even sweating. Yeah. Right. They're doing it together. Are they holding hands? Probably. Okay. But I don't know. that's I'll, like, if you're going to target, if you want to go and target someone, I guess it's, it's a, 
it's a tougher situation because they're in a rebuild and it's just like, that's their key asset. You're, you know, you're not going to get them. So my dying wish. Yes. But you know, if you're going to ask me someone more realistic, maybe I got to think about that. Who would you pick? Somebody realistic. If Montreal starts to struggle, I'd really like the flames to take a flyer on Philippe Deneau. I think he'd be a great center. Yeah. You've been um, banging that drum for a bit. I kind of wish they'd try to trade for him in the off season. Like he's super underrated. He'd be, he'd be a perfect fit for what ails this team. Like somebody maybe a bit more high profile. Like maybe he could get like a guy like Thomas hurdle on the sharks. Like they're in a world of cap. That's the thing though. We're so fucked against the cap. It's hard to even like, you know, play this game. Cause it's like, yeah, but we can't, we can't. Remember when we could have had Mark stone. Oh yeah. I forgot. But yeah. We wouldn't but have you. So it, it didn't work out. We wouldn't have had you. So, so, and that's the thing is like, it's hard. It's not easy to it's get totally hard, except when there's guys like Anthony Sorelli signing for less than $5 million because nobody has the balls to offer sheet him. How about Toffoli? Yeah. Toffoli would have been perfect under 5 million right hand shot shoots a ton drives play. Nah. All right. A few more from Instagram. What are the chances the flames miss the playoffs in the North division? I think it's, um, too big of a chance for my liking, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's closer than people think, probably. And the only reason why is because until we see this t- team hit a stride, and this has been both, you know, yours and my biggest concern, is under Jeff Ward, are they going to? I don't know. Um, Jeff Ward seems to think they're trending in the right direction. Um, all the analysts, all the you know, Calgary journalists and analysts seem to think Ward's a savior. Um, I haven't really seen anybody, you know, post anything or analyze anything differently. But even though a lot of, right, the, the metrics state otherwise, but because of that reason, like I, my biggest concern is Ward. If, if I knew we had a legit coach and the, he was going to, you know, roll out a system and put all these players in positions where they're going to excel their strengths. Um, I would think for sure we're going to finish top three. I still am predicting we'll finish top three, but I, I just think that third and fourth and fifth position is going to be within four or five points. So if you have, if you go on a little bit of a skid and we did it the last two seasons. So why wouldn't we, I think we did the last four seasons. It's been eternal, man. It's like we do it every year. So until we stop doing that, then I don't know. I I think we're we're in the top three, but I think we're also a bubble team because I think you know that that three, four, five is going to be so close. It's going to be it's going to be super close that it totally could happen if four teams make the playoffs. You get off to a rough start. You're fucking on at the lines too much could totally happen like winnipeg still has a great forward group they could overtake you we know what anything can do the Habs should be better so i don't think it's a lot of the realm of possibilities like look at edmonton what did they start off they were like 16 and 1 last year oh yeah they were bit. great and then they they almost made the <laughs> they almost missed the <laughs> <laughs> and they got so, beat by chicago like the worst team in the return so to play that's the thing is man with this shortened season like yeah. you can't go on any skids like, the margin for error is incredibly thin and we have a coach who you know has has screwed up a lot like do you re- do we not forget how the season ended 
Are we not? Are we forgetting that? It ended on a complete and utter breakdown and a coaching blunder. So I don't know. All right. Three more quick ones before we wrap it up. Well, I get four more quick ones. Why Marky's pads. This is from bone Jack designs. Marky's pads. Give me some color. What do you think of Markstrom's pet setup? I thought it was lame. All white. I like oh, it. Yeah. I mean, I like it. I like it just because it's kind of different, but dude, how sick would all red look? Exactly. Um, got he's, name from- he, he's got the red in there. I mean, yeah. I, I like it. I don't like it. Got to get one in from team in. Um, Damon. Yeah. Which flames player is going to break out and who's going to fall off? Ooh, great question. I think breakout. I think like Rasmus is, is a prime candidate. I'm kind of like crossing my fingers that Hannafin has a really good year, but Dude. I'll say, I'll say Valimaki is the breakout player of this year. Hannafin is the Bennett of defense. Okay. For our defense. Yeah. And if he doesn't break out this year, we'll know. No, we already know. <laughs> Sorry. Who'd you say was going to fall off? No, I haven't said yet. I said Valimaki is going to break, going to be the, the breakout player. Who's going to fall off. Like, I mean, it's, it's pretty easy to see Chris Tanev is ready to fall off a cliff again. So yeah, but he's, he's not even a returning player. Can you pick a returning player? Um, pick a returning player to fall off. Like I hope Michael Backlund doesn't fall off, but I mean, he could. I don't it's think a, he's it's there a, yet. It's a little concerning. He's like the only guy, the major guy can think like, who might be a problem. You know what? Who might be an actually good candidate is, is Lucic. Like this might be, <laughs> this might be the year we're like, Oh shit. I forgot. How, like why we were so upset when we acquired him. Now I remember. No, I think he, he yeah. How long yeah. is it? How long is that foot speed just going to continue? Just yeah. to do it, do it like, can he get any slower? I sure hope not. I, okay, so here's where I'm at. I would, I would love to see Dubé be that guy. Um, I still think he might be one year away. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Lebo as he's Ooh, the, I like that. He's the breakout guy for me. I bet you that he just in the way that, you know, the top six, that one position has been kind of a revolving door for a bit. They're already starting him up there. I think he'll solidify a top six role just with the amount of goals he's able to score. Um, I think you'll find chemistry in the top six with regardless if, how do you not find chemistry if you're playing with Johnny and Monty and how do you not find chemistry you're playing with Kachuk? So um, he'll be my pick for breakout. All right. Last one. And then falling off off a cliff. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Oh, man. I got to go with that. I'll have to go with uh, Hannafin. Okay. Yeah. I've eased up on him, which is kind of weird. eh? You you have you've turned you've turned, turned around. a little bit. Just wait until uh, they take Rasmus Anderson off his line yeah. and put him with Tanev. Yeah, I can't wait. All right, last one, and, Josh. And, and the re- the main reason for the Hannah thing is, is going back to, hey, if I'm wrong, I'm happy. <laughs> exactly. I've never been happy. Um, last one, Josh Fenneman. Honest opinion about the Battle of Alberta. Who wins the regular season series between the Flames and Oilers? I I think the Oilers are better a better team probably. Oh, don't even say it, man. I don't know, Come man. On. I've just been like I've been having like these dude, literally been if, having fucking night even, terrors about David going head to head against Hannafin and Tanev. Dude, even if they are a far better team, they still fucking suck. All right, they always suck. They're the Oilers. I don't even care. In the um. In the in the All Canadian Division prediction podcast we did, I said that they were going to go 500 with against them. I'm going to stick to that. 
I'll say they go five and five. Um, if there's some overtime wins on either side and they get a point, then yeah, I'm just going to say they get 10 points out of a possible 20. I'm hoping Markstrom, like I'm going to look up his numbers against the Oilers after this, just because I'm curious now. I'm hoping Markstrom is like our saving grace against the Oilers because like I said, I've been like this season is probably going to kill me. Like I'm stressed out about enough about hockey as it is. Like to most of you people who are normal, like you enjoy watching the battle of Alberta. Like you remember when the prospect was the flames are going to play the Oilers in the playoffs. And I was like sick to my stomach. Like, that's what I'm like. Like, it makes me sick. Like I watching a flames Oilers game is like an out of body experience for me. Like it's, <laughs> it's not enjoyable. I'm terrified the entire time. <laughs> I get sick. Like I said, I, I was at, I was at the insane. I was at both of the insane battle of Alberta's this oh, yeah, Alberta games this year with the, with the uh, Smitty and yeah. the fight. And I like watched and the, and the three beller with Kachuk, the stay yeah, off the tracks. I was at both of those games. Dude. And did I, they win both those? No, they won the one four to three because Cassian took the dumb penalty and they scored on the power play, right. but then they got smoked in the other one, eight to three. Oh, but I watched smoke. Connor oh. McDavid fly by Noah Hannafin so much. And Travis Hamannick, and I just I'm, like I'm literally having like terror, terrible visions of just ten games against the Oilers and McDavid's and the broadcast, and they're all just me losing their minds about McDavid. And it's just like it's gonna make me sick. It's already making me sick. I'm not gonna enjoy it. So I'm hoping Markstrom is like just like God and can just like shut Connor McDavid down. Yeah, I, I guess, like, if you're going to look at our season as a whole, you got two wild cards, right? How good is Markstrom going to be? How big of an effect is he going to be? Hey, when was the last time we had a goalie even remotely close to a Vesna conversation? Right. Well, like, even though Talbot was pretty good down the stretch last year and Britic was good in some few games. Yeah, but he is... was he remotely close to a Exactly. Vezna? That's what I was like... going to say. It's fucking terrifying when Dreisaitl's got the puck on his stick in the offensive zone. You're just like, shit, like it's terrifying. Now that Markstrom's in net, maybe it'll be a little less terrifying. Yeah. So that's the one wild card. The other one on the other side of the spectrum is Jeff Ward. Like, let's just hope that he doesn't suck um, as much as we think he might. And let's hope that he can extract, you know, the, the biggest strengths and the best value out of his players. Did you know that your favorite band also loves your favorite hockey team? If you love hockey and you love music, you're going to love Bar Down Breakdown, a podcast that explores the crossover between alternative music and the sport we love, hockey. Every NHL player wants to be in a band, and every band guy wants to be an, 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 you know, a pro athlete. With guests from all over the globe, come along with us as we interview some of the most captivating names in alternative music and talk about why we love hockey and how it's influenced us. You know, there was a, for a few seconds, I thought of like, well, maybe we should wear Montreal jerseys. And then each other was like, mm, I think you should stay neutral. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, yeah, you know what? You're probably right. So tune in every Tuesday on the Hockey Podcast Network, where we'll have a brand new guest and a unique look into the bridge between hockey and music.